0: Wilder, wilder, wilder. Are you staying inside like I am? Yeah, I'm hiding from Omicron. by the way, it's looking for you. It's like, has, it anybody, is. has anybody seen Wilder anywhere? And I just keep saying, no, I have no idea where she is. Sorry. No, I'm oh, I'm yeah. in, I'm in witness protection. In witness protection. <laughs> but anyway, which means we're watching a lot of things and we wanted to just do three series. Uh, so today we want to do, and just like that, we want to do Emily in Paris and we want to do- I'm sorry, it's Emily in Paris. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Emily in Paris and Pivoting, which a lot of people might not have heard of Pivoting, but it's the new Jennifer Goodwin series. It's out on Fox, actually, so we'll talk about that later. But anyway, I thought we should lead in with And Just Like That, so... Sex in the City, I watched it after it was finished. Mm-hmm. Everybody had watched it, and everybody was getting together to watch the last episode, and I didn't have anybody to get together with because I had never watched it. And uh, so, well, fair. I know.
1: So <laughs> It wouldn't have mattered to you, though, because you, you have to have watched the show for the ending to matter.
0: Well, exactly. And so I felt so left out, I thought, okay, I'm going to start watching it. About, I don't know, a few months later, I watched the first episode and all I could think of after the first episode was why would anyone watch this? I thought the first episode (laughs) of Sex and the City was so poorly done. There was so much repartee, quick, you know, it was just, they were trying so hard with the dialogue and they were giving us so much backstory and then this was when they all like broke the fourth wall and talked know, to the camera about I like know, what know. their dating lives were but like it was just so much going on i felt it was disheveled and then by episode and i thought no i have to stay with it there's just too many people who are committed to this and then by episode three it had me every minute they, they figured themselves out yeah they did but then <laughs> enters and just like that. And I in the first episode, I was like, oh, my God. First of all, they look ridiculous in these clothes. And secondly, wait, I know. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, there's so much going on. It's disheveled. It's like, what's going on? You know. Like, and then by the end of episode one and episode two, I was like, oh, my God. It covers so much and so well. And it's mm. written so well, I think. Okay, but see, but that might be your generation. Keep in mind. That might be your generation. uh, Exactly. (laughs) You know, look, it covers motherhood in the tween years, which, by the way, is rarely covered, and it does it so well. Does it? Um, I feel like Lily is pretty much a prop. (laughs) Oh, no. I can tell you, it's not just Lily. It's the separation between mother and daughter. And I remember my daughter, when she went into her tween's it was a nightmare. And No, they have
1: a really interesting storyline with Lily, who is their adopted daughter. Well, Lily And they're like, fuck it. We're gonna focus on the transgender one.
0: Okay, but <laughs> it's more than that. It's about tweens separating from their moms who are hovering mothers. That's what it's about. It's not about either one of them separately. But secondly, Except it never- totally is. Well, I think it's great. And then they do the day of Che Diaz, who's played by Sarah Ramirez, who you first saw in Grey's Anatomy. No, You've Got Mail. I saw her in Grey. Whoa, oh, I don't even remember her you from got You've Got mail. mail. Exactly, You've Got Mail. She played a Middle Eastern woman who wouldn't take Meg Ryan's credit card at the fairway market. And then she was wooed into it by Tom Hanks. That's who she played then. Then she was Callian Gray's Anatomy where she showed her singing chops. Oh my God, I'm hoping she's gonna sing before the end of the season. And then we have the marriage from hell that's based on boredom. And then we have the petty, private New York school city mom's dilemma, which, by the way, I can totally relate to. And uh, just don't get me started. A hip replacement. In other words, every single little thing that women face in their 50s is covered in this. I think it's genius. I really think think it's it's so cringy. And just like
1: these women like woke up today and were like, what are all these issues that are happening in the world? We didn't know about any of this oh before. God. You know, you And COVID's over in this? Like no COVID like is it's all done.
0: Never happened. It's like it's it's over. In 20 years when you're getting ready to go in and get a hip replacement, do not call me for sympathy. That's all I can tell you.
1: Okay. First of all, I live with chronic pain, so screw you. <laughs> Secondly, Sarah Jessica Parker's like, "Oh, I'm just I'm learning all this stuff about my body that I never knew before. I had no idea that these things happen as you age and that like something could happen to me that I would need surgery for. Like they just feel so doe-eyed.
0: Okay, little so
1: outside the conversation.
0: No, No. I must tell you, I went in to get my hip replaced a couple of you know, five years ago, my left hip. I was a cheerleader, and don't even ask what that does to your hip. And he's looking I was a gymnast. He's he's looking at the at the x-rays and he says, "Did you come in on a walker?" And I was like, "No, I walked in." He goes, "You walked on this hip." And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "I'm surprised you can walk. It's not bone on bone, it's bone in bone." And I said, "Well, you know, I don't chat with my body much. We don't I don't we don't talk." <laughs> and he's looking well, at me, "That's a that's a women's thing, right? Women just deal with so pain." So please don't tell me that she should have known her body was going to betray her as she aged. I didn't know thing um, was I think everybody is aware that things change
1: as you age. Right. And I don't know. I think the show I loved sex in the city. I don't think it holds up. I think if you go back and watch that show, it's got a lot of problems. And I think they are uh, trying to diversity address the
0: alone was
1: the problem yeah. with that. Show. Yeah. And, you know, they forced in, you know, a handful yeah. of no, agreed. non-white characters into this
0: show. <laughs> agreed. Now. And I think they were trying to make up for it. I think it was their redemption because everybody, you know, there's not, nothing that's not covered, not one. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, but that's the problem is like, I, know. I, see, they, I see. Yes. I get You what. know,
1: Charlotte's daughter, Charlotte has two daughters, right? Her first daughter, Lily, is adopted. She's of Asian descent, but she's perfect, which, by the way, is its own problem with talking about the model minority, quote unquote. And they just ignore her. She is literally a prop in every scene. She's just sitting there on her iPad and is like, I'm not getting involved. And then uh, Rose, now Rock, uh, her second daughter, who she who's her biological daughter, is going through this this possible transgender situation. And that's all they focus on. It's like Lily doesn't exist. Lily doesn't have her own problems. Because Lily does her shit together. She didn't have to exist. I'm sorry. Lily is an adopted child. Uh, That's a completely different race than her parents. We're not going to pay attention to any of that. None of that matters. We're only going to pay attention.
0: I think Miranda's struggle with could she wake up at 55 and discover she's a lesbian? I think that, you know, that I really I think she's the most interesting. Her total fuck up with her son and how
1: bad it I mean, I just think the whole thing is great. Miranda, I have always thought is the most relatable character to me. I will say I miss Samantha. I miss her in this show. She is the refreshing breath of fresh air, non judgmental, doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. And that is really missing in this show. And I miss her personally. But Miranda's always been my favorite. I think hers is the most relatable arc of anyone on the show right now. And it doesn't surprise me that she could be possibly not straight. Right. And I think that that's especially because, you know, Cynthia Nixon's not. But uh-huh. they're kind of throwing away the whole the whole romance between her and Steve. And I love Steve. Steve well, was the best know, partner uh, of any uh, of uh, you them.
0: Know, Steve looks like an idiot when he's at the, he said the you know, it's I don't know.
1: Yeah, they threw him
0: away as a character because they want to justify Miranda's arc. You know, Seema Patel, it seems like they're clearly trying to replace Samantha with her. And they've made her a Samantha-like character. Totally, oh, Kind cons- of, but then yeah. they also throw... Money, um, cons- you know, how she looks, not interested in getting married, lying here and there. Yeah. Oh, she's I- interested in getting married. She wants to find love. No, she- her parents want her to find love. No, she's very clear that
1: she wants to find love. That's She and Carrie get in a whole fight about it. But not with any
0: compromise, not with one compromise situation.
1: Sure. But they also like the missing Samantha. They keep trying to cover up. Right. They've been trying to replace Samantha throughout the whole show. Right. They start with Willie Garson, who plays Stanford Bletch, who's her her gay friend, her gay best friend, who he passed away, unfortunately, um, sadly, I think maybe during filming or right after filming.
0: uh, Apparently it was the sixth day of filming So we only see him through episode three. Yeah.
1: And then they kind of like write his character off. They don't really handle that very well. Well, And then they try to to fill his shoes with his now ex-husband, who's very fun. He's a very fun, outlandish, brash gay man, uh, which I really enjoyed. And then they kind of decide that they're going to fill that slot with Seema. And I'm just like, you can't replace Samantha, right? Focus on the three. I think the show. I think the seventh episode is the closest to getting back to Sex and the City that we we all loved, while embracing the fact that they're older and they're they've got different struggles. But I I feel like it's just so clumsily handled the whole thing.
0: I know I I, I understand what you're saying, but there's so much in it that is relatable. And again, this has been the year in my mind where so many issues for women were dealt with in series and in films and everything, you know, the lost daughter, you know, there's just so much that's been dealt with. And I think they did a really good job. I will continue to watch it and I will definitely watch the next season. If they do one, I'm sure they'll do another season.
1: I think it's fine for the fans of sex in the city you know it, but it's not it's not the sex in the city you remember right it's not dates and sex and it's these no, it's women it's not
0: the sex in the city you relate to now it's the sex in the city to the generation that was relating to that 20 years ago sure and now that generation is now in their 50s and this is totally relatable so I totally to say, understand I think that. It, I think it's your age that's setting you there. I, I don't
1: d- think it's my age. I think it's the fact that I work in film and TV and this is not well handled. They shove Everything in the kitchen sink into this show. And by
0: the way, I'm welcoming it because nobody <laughs> ever deals with those issues. So to have those issues in front of me when nobody will talk about them in, you know, we're going to talk about pivoting, you know, compared to this, every single issue that has touched me in some way with my friends or with my own life or whatever is touched on there in a really smart and poignant way. I grant you. Is it you, really smart and poignant? Yes, it's just okay. It's cra- just cra- much. Uh, It's just too much.
1: But I think it's absolutely smart and poignant. I do. I disagree. I think everything is on the nose. You know, Miranda Miranda walks into her first day of law school and gets herself into a ridiculous situation where anyone else would just shut up after five seconds of recognizing that they've insulted their professor. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's just I I'm sorry. The last episode, there's a fight between Charlotte and her husband. They go play tennis. Right. And Charlotte, accidentally. Do you know how great that argument is. I think that uh, first of all, don't get me started on the plastic surgery on all these women, for one. I can't understand half the things that says, Kristen Davis way, says. says
0: Wilder as she's sitting there without a wrinkle on her face. No offense. I have no plenty of wrinkles on my face. But Charlotte's face doesn't move. No, the whole
1: face doesn't move. I know. know. And I can't understand half of what she says because she has a lip (laughs) because her lip is pulled. So, I mean, I love her. I thought she was such a beautiful woman. What is what is the shame in aging?
0: I don't know why these women are getting all that work done. I don't know. But I I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker looks great. Cynthia Nixon looks great. By the way, Cynthia Nixon shines in this in a way she did not. In the original series, yeah, she was here. always kind of cast aside. Well, because she was Samantha. cast aside. You know, she was sort of the fourth. Yeah. Okay. And now she's really number two. I think in yeah. a really strong way. And I love the way she's evolved, and I love the way she's looking at her life and saying it can't be too late. I've got to address these. She's things. the most interesting character a I have lot always and I know so. are going through that exact same moment. And I think Miranda's is
1: the most relatable arc. I mean, I think I think what Carrie's going through is relatable for a lot of people. And I think that that's an important story. I I agree with that. I think Charlotte's just everything else they shoved into Charlotte's story. (laughs) And I'm just it just wasn't well handled.
0: Well, I think her relationship with her husband is really good. I do. I I love Harry. I loved that she ended up with Harry.
1: I thought that was brilliant because she was very vain. Charlotte was very vain and that she ended up with this short, balding Jewish man, I thought was fantastic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, she was very more worse than vain. She was. More into how things look than yeah, how, they how were. everybody
1: thought about her. yeah,
0: well, and how th- and how things looked. it mm-hmm. was all visual rather than how they actually were. Mm-hmm. Then he comes in and he doesn't look the way she thought he was should look. but mm-hmm. he, you know, I think he grounded her and centered her in a way that was really lovely. I totally agree. We've got to talk about Mr. Big in real life. um, do we? I feel like well, everybody, ugh, I'm just over it. Well you're but you're always over it before it even starts. I mean that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Chris Noth is Mr. Big, right? And yeah. after it's so funny, you know, I don't think anybody who hasn't watched the show and doesn't know that Mr. Big dies because of what happened with Peloton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He dies on a Peloton. Sorry. Spoiler alert. First episode. Exactly. Episode (laughs) one, dies on a Peloton bike, and Peloton stock in real life crashes. And they told Peloton he was going to be on the bike. They just didn't tell him he died of a heart attack on the bike. And they were all excited and they they handled it from, I I have a marketing company. They handled from marketing perspective, great. But so Chris <laughs> Until Noth- Until two days later. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, surprise. Um, Chris Noth is then accused by numerous people of um, actually rape. Uh, in two cases. And what's interesting- Oh, I thought it was just sexual harassment. Is that not- no, I, no. Maybe I'm wrong. Two Sorry. Them, yeah, two of them, they said no. But what was interesting is neither of the two women knew each other. They all told people when it happened at the time. Mm-hmm. One of them actually went to the hospital. And in addition to that, it was the exact same circumstances and he yeah. raped them the exact same way, which to me makes it very interesting when people who don't have any knowledge of each other and then other people are coming out of the closet- and saying that he assaulted or was inappropriate with them as well. Then somebody I know out in LA who's hung out with him said he was a real pig. And I did point out, well, then why are you hanging out with him, but nonetheless, it's so funny because the edge that he had, you know, he hurt her so deeply in the film and he hurt her during Sex in the City. And then he emerged- Yeah, their relationship emer- is so exactly. complicated. And then he emerges now, and they've had this perfect marriage for whatever years. But then he does something in his will, which I'm not going to say. And uh, it, you know, I Chris Noth was probably well cast because there's a piece of him that, when you watch him on the screen, there's a piece of him that you know can just go to the dark side a little quickly. You know, you just see it, and yeah. so. I think, though, that they were really lucky that they had gotten rid of him because if he had continued on during this entire season with the press that he's got, yeah. I think it would have been really hard.
1: I think they also had to get rid of him, um, not because of Chris Noth and not because of all the scandal well, there was that there no came story
0: out. if they But didn't. there's
1: no there's no sex in the city yeah. if yeah.
0: Carrie's married, right? Yeah. There's, yeah.
1: there's no fun to the show if Carrie's yeah. married.
0: Um, I, I, which I is- love the trajectory. I love the way it's going. I think it's watchable. I think it's Ernest, I think, I, I, I'm I almost hoping they don't do a whole nother season after this one. They might. You never know. I'm sure they will. There's a lot I of money say, in I will say, for those of you who want a light, fun
1: watch, not the first episode, but after that, it's back to some of the fun of Sex and the City. It's not very deep. You're not going to get like existential dread questions out of this show, but you are going to relate to a lot of what the women are going through. It's on the nose. It's (laughs) not the best written thing you're ever going to watch, but it's fun.
0: Uh, It is. And anyway, so I say watch it, especially if you're over the age of 50. I don't know that I'm hearing you say exactly that, but can we end with the close? I don't think it works. Because oh, you know I what, so disagree. No, they do Carrie not dress has that to be way. Carrie, <laughs> they do not dress that way. I'm sorry. Um, I agree
1: that they don't dress that way, but I think Carrie does, and that is true to her character. And that, I mean, the shoes alone in the last episode, she wears these. I think they're bright pink stilettos with big like
0: tulle bows on well, them. She Also, what when she goes? She goes to a school thing, a school function. And she's wearing slippers, you know, bushy. Sh- I, all I can think of is what, what there. She's wearing flat slippers. And, I, you know, well, there's I, a little bit that she has to wear flats. And
1: she's like, I don't know if I even own any, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is very Carrie in character. And I, I appreciate that they stuck to who she is. All of these characters feel like we are revisiting them years later. And I do appreciate that.
0: Well, and that's the perfect segue into Emily and in Paris because- Close, close, close. Well, it's all close, close, <laughs> close, but also Emily or Carrie? Oh, say. Carrie any day. Okay, fine. Any Thank day. you for saying, I was a little concerned. Ugh. Okay, can no. you give, intro Emily in Paris for us? So this is-
1: Outside our, our norm, we don't usually do uh, successive seasons, but this is season two of Emily in Paris, as we were all told after the show premiered that that's apparently how you pronounce it. So, the first season, Lily Collins plays Emily. She's a 24 year old. She's a marketing exec or assistant at a company in Chicago. Her boss is supposed to go to Paris to oversee the new acquisition of Savoie, uh, which Emily consistently pronounces as Savoir. Uh, And her boss finds out that she's pregnant. She can't go. So she sends Emily in her place. Emily is 24. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. She's okay at her job, but she like consistently gets in trouble all the time. But then it ends up working out because she gets a lot of followers on Instagram. I don't know how that fixes things, but apparently that's how this world works. But it's all about the clothes. It's all about it's, you know, an updated, not really updated, but a little bit updated
0: sex in the city, but set in Paris. It's all about the life that millennials didn't get to lead. You know, it's, you know, it's not just about the clothes and everything else. It's about the fact that she just up and left her life and went. Well, it's supposed to be for a year. The first season establishes she's
1: only there for a year. This is like her year abroad. And. She finds out very quickly that this isn't going to be as easy as she thought it was, except by the way, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> that was, the show is I read a, uh, a New Yorker article um, cue cue my snob uh, sound effect. I don't know what that is, but cue that sound effect. Um, talking about Emily and Paris and dictating it as ambient television. It is something that can be on in the background Mm -hmm. while you do whatever it is that you need to do, whether it's laundry or work on your phone or on your computer, and you're not going to miss anything because nothing unexpected
0: happens. Well, it's so funny you say that because my second husband, who I refer to as H2, (laughs) H2 had a bad back and he had his back operated on. He was in the hospital for like a month and he started watching a soap opera and he watched it for a month. He goes out of the hospital, five years later, same back problem, goes back in the hospital, has the operation. He turns on the TV and he said, he swore to God, nothing changed in yeah. five years. Yeah. And he was able to pick it right up and he was like, what is this? You know. And you're right, you you could pick up anywhere and you haven't missed an inch of the plot. But it's okay. important to point out here and here now on Emily in Paris, Paris is that do you follow do you follow well you're not on instagram but anna klutz k-l-o-o-t-s whose sister was amanda klutz who was married to nick who died of of um oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and so they they shot up in into stardom land with their um their instagram accounts she moved to paris and she moved to Paris, not Paris. And she's an <laughs> Instagram account that is the way Emily in Paris should be. And every, you know, you need to go look at her. It has account. like depth, and well, it's so funny because I, you know, look. I spent a lot of time in Paris because H uh, two was also French, and we were there every month for at least a week for years, mm-hmm. Lucky And you. so Yeah. Um, yes, we stayed at the Place de la Concord's Creon Hotel. And it was a great life. All right. So
1: everyone just take note that when I die, I'd like to come back as Hollister. Okay. Um, (laughs) So let's
0: just file that away. Okay. But (laughs) I, you know, it's so much better than Emily and Perry that it's like, you don't have to watch that for half an hour every week. You can go to Anna Klutz's Instagram account and you're going to have a much more interesting and authentic time. But is she in a love triangle with her best friend and his boyfriend? No, but she, her husband, who I, after some research, okay, her husband was a magician. And okay. they traveled all over the world, and cool. it was ter- it was a terrible, heartbreaking breakup. And <laughs> she's just coming back from it now. And she was in Paris for at least six months. And then when they went in lockdown, the same day she met a guy in the lobby, and that's who she's with. And it's unfolded over the last six months. And I'm telling you, there's plenty. Okay, well, going this on. is a much better TV plenty show. Plenty going on. Be yeah. I, well, <laughs> she keeps saying that. She keeps saying, I keep pitching them to do with my real friends, also because she brings her real friends into her Instagram account, and they're wonderful and they have a great time and they make wonderful meals and they go everywhere. And I have to say, life in Paris for single women who are not tied to something is a great life, but don't watch Emily in Paris. You should watch Anna Klutz on Instagram. You know what's actually, I don't know if you've watched this show at all, but I think
1: you'd like it, is Call My Agent. It is in French, so you'll have to read the subtitles, but it's a much more fun, much more accurate uh, yeah, depiction yeah. of what life in France actually is. Um, it's Emily a great and show. Emily could have been
0: great. Now it's just entertaining I lightweight. Don't, I don't know that it ever really could have been, been great. ice cream cone, and it should have been mint chip, is all I'm saying. Sure. The clothes are
1: ridiculous. I mean, half the time when she walks outside, you're like, where did you get that? How did you afford that? I don't care. What are you wearing? Uh, <laughs> which is fun. The, uh, the boyfriend is just really lovely to look at. He can, he can just stand on screen and He's I'll be not happy. not really the boyfriend, but okay. No, no, no. He, the friend's boyfriend. Sorry. Right. Um. But there's, there's no, I mean, it's fluff. It's fun. It's ridiculous. We're, <laughs> we're going into award season and you know
0: how I feel about awards. I feel that yeah, we're she just keeps getting
1: nominated or, and the show keeps getting well, nominated no, wait, and no, I'm like, but, why?
0: Wait, well, that, this is why, what I want to bring up now. I don't like, the award shows because, A, I think they're so patriarchal that they're just ridiculous. And secondly- oh, you must be thrilled that the Golden Globes was like- eh. Oh, please, don't even talk to me <laughs> about it. Okay, but listen, while Emily in Paris was Netflix's most watched show in 2020, which was surpassed, by the way, by Bridgerton in 2021 with 82 million household views, imagine how many people were watching Emily in Paris, which, by the way, I'm telling you, is like watching somebody turning- yeah.
1: It's cotton candy. That's what it is. Okay. But I will say wait, in the no, middle no, of no. lockdown, when everything was like bleak and awful and sad and the world was no, ending, I get like- I get, No,
0: but it gets the worse fluff than fluff on that. the TV. It gets worse than that. Let me go okay. into that. Okay, so it garnered a lot of attention and backlash from viewers. I don't know if you read about this, but. No, tell me, tell me. Yeah, it's depiction of love, you know, the city of love and the titular character, Emily Cooper's age, and Netflix viewers found this like a bunch of criticisms with the show. But later during the awards season, outrage flared, okay? People were so angry because the Los Angeles Times reported this story that the creators of the show sent 30 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which, by the way, gave them a bunch of nods. And everybody's like, Emily in Paris being nominated for Golden Globes. <laughs> okay who vote they all vote on the golden globes on an all-expense paid trip to paris for a set visit while they were shooting in 2019 and they were treated like kings and queens quotes and the show then received two golden globe nominations best television series are you kidding me well in in the in the comedy or comedy i got it um and (laughs) for best television actress musical or comedy get it which angered so many people including members of the uh, Foreign press association it's like it's just another example Welcome of to insider I'm hollywood out awards like loser loser loser
1: well you anyway, you don't live in LA but it's but I did uh, you did so you've probably seen all the billboards when you when you drive around Los Angeles pretty much anytime between October and February all you see are for your consideration billboards.
0: But look, and also, I get a lot of emails for your consideration. You know, um, my mm-hmm. hero, by the way, is up for consideration, a foreign film. He's already won two Academy Awards, and I hadn't even heard of the film. Yeah. And it came into me for, through the Hampton Film Festival, and I'm all in. I want. I can't wait to see it. So,
1: well, anyway, I will I say I did post I just, one last thing on Emily and Puri. Yeah, this could even, we make it one last thing? <laughs> one last thing. I'm from Michigan. Originally, for all all of you out there, that's a big way of how Hollister and I are connected. They make a call out to uh, Mackinac Island and how how Emily knows about Vespa because she took a tour of Mackinac Island on a Vespa with her mom. And I was like, no, you didn't. They don't allow motorized vehicles on Mackinac Island the only motorized vehicles allowed are the the governor's car. (laughs) And I was like, why go to all the trouble to make a shout out to like a Midwest attraction, not actually do any research? Yeah, no, it's (laughs) terrible.
0: I I think it's indicative
1: of the whole show,
0: though. You know, and I think that in this year where Atomic Habits is taking off like Wildfire, the book about how people are changing their habits and respecting time. And this shows time zero respect. If you watch this, uh, you show. know,
1: I think if you want something light and fluffy and colorful on in the background while you're doing while you're working out or doing other yeah, stuff, yeah, like maybe. go for it. There's no harm in this show, but like you're not going to get much out of it.
0: <laughs> well, which leads us into the third of our little series thing that we were doing. We wanted to talk about pivoting. So it's a it's a half-hour sitcom, four college friends um lose one of their own to cancer. And it causes them to reevaluate their lives together, which, by the way, flashback to First Wives Club for sure. Mm-hmm. So then they start making changes. You know, Jody, who's Jennifer Goodwin, who's like the anchor star player, uh, she wants to get in shape again. And, and Sarah, who's this played by Maggie Q, leaves her stressful love, love medical Maggie Q. I love Maggie. Q. She's very good. I think by the way, the acting is what saves us, but she leaves her stressful medical uh doctorship She's to a ER doctor. Yeah, to be a beggar at a grocery store. I mean, seriously, come on. No, and it's then very we have, lazy. <laughs> Uh, that was a lazy exit for that. Yeah. And and then, you know, th- there's so many places she what she could have done, you know. And then sure. there's Amy, who wants to be a better mother. Or maybe I should basically say she wants to be a mother when she hasn't been. Um, I think she wants to want to be a mother. Exactly. <laughs> well, even better, yes. And she's been an MIA mom. And she's loved in spite of it all by her stable, solid husband. And thus is the half hour show. And I've only seen one episode. It launched last week. Two episodes have dropped. But I think it makes every woman look stupid. It's like the first wives clubs for 30-something-year-olds. I think and, they're all in their 40s. Oh, they're, they're just, the you know, it's so parse. bad. It's trying so hard. It couldn't yes. try any harder if it tried. And it's <laughs> so, so tedious. You know, and this is one you know, Jennifer's trying to put her skinny jeans on. She can't get into them. It's just, it's just ridiculous and brings no value to my life whatsoever to watch this show. It is. Oh, I think it it enrages me. I just think it's terrible. Yeah.
1: That's, I think that's funny because I I don't disagree with you. I don't think the show is particularly great. I think it's, I'm I'm really sorry, but I think it's network television. And that's what network television is I today. I knew you were
0: going to say that. And you may be right
1: because I don't really watch network television. Who normally. does? Yeah. Apparently a lot of people do. I should, oh. I'm wrong about that. A lot of people watch network television. There are some very good network television shows out there. But this is not one of them.
0: <laughs> no. Well, I wanted to like it because I still sometimes watch, years later, Jennifer's dance scene with Kate Hudson in Something Borrowed. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And a little trivia on that, by I the way. I love Jennifer Goodwin. I do too. I think she's a really good actor. I worked with the choreographer who did uh, the push at choreography for that for the film Something Borrowed for the two of them. And he said Jennifer was so wonderful and she tried so hard and she kept saying to him, Kate's such a great dancer and I don't know what I, you know, and he, she just. She yeah. <laughs> and she felt so much less than Kate. Who, by the way, had a huge dance background from her mother, who, Mm -hmm. you know, was a go go dancer on a TV show that had zero value. And Kate was not. But was also, you know, Goldie (laughs) Hawn. Okay. Kate was not interested in any direction from the choreographer who choreographed this scene. And she was rude and she wouldn't practice, she wouldn't rehearse with Jennifer. She was just really a shame, but
1: I think also she had the skill to back it up. So,
0: well, I you know, I think there's a way to build community on the set of a film. And I've been on numerous sets and I will say that that's not somebody who builds community. And, you know, I, I don't have a lot of respect for it, but I wanted to watch Jennifer because I've liked some of the roles she's played. And I think she's a good actor. And it's just so disappointing. It's yeah, so
1: disappointing. it it feels um feels very forced, yeah, unfortunately. Um, they all live in upstate New York. Their friend apparently was like the perfect mom. That's the one who passed away. And it, the three of them are good together. I will say Eliza Coop, who plays Amy, who's the like absentee mom, she's the most fun. Um, I enjoy her the most out of the group. I agree. But she's also like her roles written that way, right? And Jennifer is like the perfect mom who's not appreciated at home. And Maggie uh, is, you know, an ER doctor who's worked to the bone and she's just over it. And it's fine, but I I'll be I'll be interested to see if this one lasts. Um, network television doesn't get a lot of opportunity to no. stay on TV if it doesn't I would get fixed ratings. If has a second season or, or even more than or a even summer. finishes its yeah, first. Exactly. Um, but I will say, you know, there are some great network comedies out there. You know, I'm very sad that Brooklyn Nine Nine is over. The Good Place and Parks and Rec were all network TV. There is good network television out there. Uh, this just unfortunately falls falls a little
0: short. Yeah, I agree totally.
1: So I'm a I'm o for three this week.
0: You're one for three. <laughs> Uh, uh, no. You know, well, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. I'm one for free. <laughs> you're 0 for 3. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that's just because we're so intellectually stimulating that we like to have something that has more value. No, that's that. just because
1: Hollister chose everything we're doing this week.
0: <gasps> Ouch. <laughs> First Ouch. of all, oh, I, that so mean. I believe you were the one, no, it's such a lie. You were the one who said, I'm watching Emily in Paris and I want to do No, 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 no. Last week
1: you asked if I was watching just like that. And I said, yes, why am I watching this show? And you were like, we're doing it next week.
0: Um, it, yeah. Um, well, and then you said you were watching Emily. So please do not. I did watch. Yeah. I did watch Emily. Okay. You're right. I did. I did saying. watch it. Yeah. Exactly. And
1: um, I... I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Like, it's on the background when I work out. Like, it's, and every time I look at the screen, I'm like, what is this girl doing now? I know. What is happening? It's true, it's true. But it's, I mean, I kind of enjoy that, though. I kind of enjoy watching something and being like, what are
0: you why is this the
1: decision you're making but
0: you know i'm not going to finish watching it but you know and you're right i'll put it i have to unpack a bunch of stuff i just came back up to Maine for a while and i have to unpack a bunch of stuff and i'm going to put it on in the background that's what i'm going to do so i can finish it out See, there you go that's what this show is it's great for have a great week wilder you too all right we'll talk to everyone okay